Blog Talk Radio. Trying to reach 
those young people and maybe those not so young any way he can. Well, welcome to another episode of Our Own Voices Live. Our topic today is gatekeepers. Gatekeepers. That's what we're going to discuss. My name is Rodney Smith. I am in the air chair solo once again today. Uh, Before we get started with our show, uh, you know, let's all take a moment to remember what some has called a catastrophe, definitely a natural disaster, but with some man-made influences thrown in that's going on in Houston, really that whole east coast of Texas area, as well as going into Louisiana with Hurricane Harvey, talking about a monster of a storm. And now Hurricane Irma is churning up in the Atlantic not sure where it's going to go. So we could take a moment out to just remember the, the pain, the suffering, the, the anguish, the loss, loss of life, as well as loss of possession that has happened due to the onslaught of Hurricane Harvey. Uh, let's uh, send big boosts of energy to the first responders, to volunteers, and, of course, to the survivors down there. Uh, It may not be you today as it is them, but your day may be coming. So let's uh, help them out, and hopefully if our day does come, we will be helped out as well. So our show is called Gatekeepers. Let me tell you a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the culture and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. Some of the ways we do it is with shows like Our Own Voices Live. Of course, we have our weekly gathering at the Westside Bistro inside of Nevada Partners at 710. West Lake Mead Boulevard. The third Saturday of each month, we're out, the, we're out at the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. statue right there at the corner of Cary Avenue and Martin Luther King Drive. Come on out there at 10 o'clock, get a chance to police up the area as well as get a chance to meet some people from the community. I like to do things that are that's in the community and that involves the community. And if you would like to be involved, maybe you're looking for something to do, to not hesitate to contact me if you haven't been able to find something because I have something for you to do. Uh, a big shout-out to Pyro Sigma Military Society, Pyro Sigma Military Society, founded in 2014, celebrating their third year anniversary tomorrow, or excuse me, Monday, right on Labor Day. Wow. So big shout out uh, to them and all of the the Spartans that uh, just had their annual conference. Uh, Hopefully all of them made it home safely. You know, this, uh, you know, not only do we do the the gathering and, and, you know, annually we do the candlelight vigil at the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., uh, statue, and we like to augment what other people are doing in the community. 
uh, we believe that we have plenty of organizations. Matter of fact, might even suggest we have too many, but really how are they benefiting the community? Sometimes is there such a thing as too many? Should they coalesce? And that's going to be one of our future shows. Actually, this is going to be a great jump off from that, uh, hopefully next week. But today we're talking about gatekeepers. And so let me uh, read you the definition of gatekeeper. And it says, uh, an attendant at a gate who is employed control who goes through it. An attendant at a gate who is employed to control who goes through it. Another definition is a person or thing that controls access to something. Could be someone. So that's, that's the dictionary's definition of gatekeepers. So what I want to talk to you about today is who are the gatekeepers of your community? It doesn't make any difference where you are, but who are those gatekeepers? Who are the people that control access? Maybe it's access to the things that you need that you need. Maybe they control who has access to you. Do you know who those people are? Do you know what they do? Are they serving the community's best interests, and are they serving your best interests? Give us a call, area code 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600. Once again, that's Area code 347-826-9600. And press option one if you want to talk because that will send a little, give me a little indication on my board that you're not only listening, but you want to chime into the conversation. I thought about this topic of gatekeepers because I'm where I live, I live in Las Vegas. I attend lots of meetings, whether it's meetings with clergy, activists, community, common folk, various industries, if I get an invite, I try to attend. One, because I appreciate people for thinking of me to invite me. Uh, most of the time it's not to speak. I just get an invite to attend. So I take in a lot of information. Most of the time when I'm at these meetings, I just listen. If I get a chance to introduce myself as often that will happen, you know, I, I will introduce myself. But most of the time, I'm just listening. And I'm also watching. I'm watching to see who is there. What purpose are they there for? Who do they serve? Who are their constituency groups? How do they represent themselves and or whatever constituency group they may represent. And I can tell you, oftentimes I am surprised about the level of engagement of many people in the community. Other times, it's just the opposite, the level of disengagement. Everybody or most everybody work, and they have different things that they do. And so they're not able to attend everything 
nor do I expect them to. But I do notice that we have roughly the same general crowd at almost all of these meetings. Doesn't make a difference what it involves. You have the same general crowd. And some people say, well, well there, maybe they're not interested. Well, I I'm not willing to say that they're not interested. There's many reasons why they may not be there. It could be work. It could be health. It could be transportation. Uh, just not have the time due to taking care of this or that. could be many reasons. So then the idea should be that the folks who are in attendance gather the information, and then once they've gathered that information, take it back to whoever their constituency groups are, whoever they're representing, and share that information with them. And that way, everybody doesn't have to be there. We know that we have many single-parent homes, and if it's a meeting during the day, most people work during the day. Now, of course, Las Vegas is a 24-hour town in the truest sense, so we have shift workers. So there's no one particular time that will, you know, serve everyone. So the idea is get the information and share it. One of the things I try to do with our own voices uh, the print magazine, OurOwnVoices.com, Our Own Voices on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and so on, is I get information, I get flyers, and I try to share them with all of you because it might just be something that you're interested in or somehow it's important to you. Because I realize everyone cannot be at every place. Even as much time as I have, and I do have a lot of available time, flex time, I'll say. I realize that most people aren't like that. So, of course, when I go to these different places, I try to get the information. I try to get it up in social media. When I go to other meetings, if there's an opportunity to share, I try to share it with those people that are there. That way we spread the word. Got it, right? Process of listening, of watching, you know, observation, and seeing who is at these meetings, seeing, seeing that there is this core group of people, it makes you think that these are the activists. These must be the leaders. But is that the case? Now, I live in Las Vegas, and I spend a lot of time in the historic West Side, traditionally the African-American community. And that particular community has a lot of needs. And I bring this community up specifically because just possibly of all the communities in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Valley, it may be an area that has some of the greatest needs. So if everyone else is doing okay, then of course you want to bring up the ones who are not doing okay. And I believe that as citizens, we have an obligation to do that with our fellow citizens. So consequently, I spend a lot of time there. That's what we do. Uh, we do our gathering right there on Lake Mead Boulevard uh, at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard at Nevada Partners uh, with, at the Westside Bistro because that's a eatery, a large eatery, closest to that particular community. Now, Trina's, is a great, uh, well, I call it trainers. It's really Grits Cafe. It's a great place to go to 
and I encourage you to go to it occasionally, I go there as well. And it's even more in the heart of the community. Usually any place that serves food in the community is a great place to go to because people are coming and going. You get to see them. You get to meet them. But what I have noticed is even though there are overlaps of groups of people, the core group of people stays pretty much the same. Very seldom are there young people, which is a problem, because that means we're not getting their input, whether it's because they cannot attend, they don't want to attend for some reason, whatever the reason, in general, they're not there. We do have a larger contingent of elders that are there. Now, many of you know this is my birthday weekend, <laughs> and I celebrate it from the first through Labor Day. That's what I always do because we have quite a few people in my family born in that time frame. And as I'm at these meetings, I, I just notice what people say. And I try to take notes on occasion. And sometimes what I hear people say from one meeting to the next is not in agreement with the previous meeting. What I should say is not in agreement with the truth. Another way of saying it is sometimes people misrepresent the truth or they just out and out lie. And I've seen that that can be divisive because if there's a politician that you may not feel well about and then someone who is at a meeting with that politician goes to another meeting and then misrepresents what that politician has said, then that can cause division. Or maybe it is a politician who's gone to a meeting and goes out to another gathering of people and portrays the meeting differently than how it was. So it can go either way. Consequently, what we often get are competing factions, who who have developed fiefdoms within the community, power centers. Because remember, one of the definitions of gatekeepers was an attendant at a gate who, who is employed to control who gets through it a person or thing that controls access to something. So oftentimes when you're in urban communities, you need other people to represent you because you're working, you're taking care of family, so forth and so on. So gatekeepers develop, whether officially, formally, or informally. And there's an expectation of people from the community that these gatekeepers provide them with the access that they need and provide others who may be able to provide resources for those needs access to the community. Well, in many communities, gatekeepers has become an industry. And what I mean by that is if specifically we'll use a politician wants to come into the community and, and have a town hall, especially if the politician doesn't come from that specific neighborhood, may not know the people and be able to get them to come out to hear him or her. So oftentimes a politician will find a gatekeeper 
once again, formal or informal, a person who controls access to other people. And what they do is when they talk to these gatekeepers, they're telling them, look, I want to come into your community. I want to see what the needs are of that community, how I can help, and, but I don't really know the community. Can you help me reach the people? Now, this whole gatekeeper concept was sort of a voluntary thing. Now, you have paid gatekeepers. So, for example, uh, one, of, one of the most famous gatekeepers in America today is General John Kelly, uh, formerly of DHS, Department of Homeland Security. Now he's chief of staff of the White House under the President Trump administration. And his job is to control the flow of information as well as people in and out of the Oval Office to the president. He is a gatekeeper. If you've gone to many offices where they have secretaries or receptionists when you come into the door, that is a form of paid gatekeeper as well. And oftentimes I tell people get to know the gatekeepers because they have the key. They can help you or they can shut you out. In other words, they can let you in and they can keep you out. So those are formal gatekeepers, but we have some informal gatekeepers, and those are the people in various communities that whether they've held office of some type before, whether they're just well-known in the community. Maybe they've done something in the past or they're in the process of doing things, no different people from their work in the community. They're, they become gatekeepers. And usually you find out who these people are as you just ask around, hey, who, and often you can hear other people talking about it because they'll say, well, I talked to so-and-so and he did this. Oh, you need this? We'll talk to this person or that person. And so over a while you can find out who the gatekeepers are. So we have gatekeepers in my community in Las Vegas, formal as well as informal. I'm sure you have them where you are. But what I would ask you, one, do you know who the gatekeepers are? And do you know whose gate they are keeping? Are they keeping you out? Are they keeping you in? Are they keeping the people with resources out? In other words, away from you. Who role are they playing? Now, I ask you that question and something to consider because gatekeepers can be very beneficial because they know people. They can pick up the phone. They can call this or that. They can help you put together an event. But gatekeepers can also, because of their control, because of their access, and sometimes because of their greed, maybe they figure out a way to monetize their ability to connect people, which linking people together and getting paid for it in itself is not a bad thing. Uh, one of uh, a famous multimillionaire back in, the, I believe, the 70s, was named Adman Khashoggi. And Adman Khashoggi from a child was one of those people who knew people, and if someone needed something, they could go to Adman Khashoggi and he can say, hey, go see this person. Oh, you need that? Go see that person. And then over time, Adman Khashoggi found out that, wow, I'm getting so many people asking me, it's taking up a lot of time. So one of the ways that you can cut down on the amount of people asking you for your free service is to charge for that service. So what Adman Khashoggi did was he started charging the people 
who had goods and services that they needed customers for. Well, he also found out that he could charge customers who found certain things hard to come by. And that became his business, and he became a multimillionaire. I found out about him on a TV show called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. This is back in, I believe, the 70s, mid-70s, late 70s. And he was getting a jumbo jet for $50 million, which was a lot of money back then. And he was having it custom made. And they were talking about how, how much money he had, and this is how he could afford this thing, and how he got his money. Adnan Khashoggi connected people. So being able to connect people per se, you know, people can get paid for that. But, but how about when you're in a community setting and people in the community may not have access to other people, may not know them, whatever the case. Oftentimes these are middle class, working class, poor people. And you have gatekeepers, formally or informally, that are there. Well, let's say that those gatekeepers charge a fee. I mean, they don't advertise it, but in the conversation, you know, they let it know, you know, it's kind of like a quid pro quo, you do this for me, I'll, I'll do this for you. You want to get access to these people, you want to have this rally or march, I can hook you up. And so they get their palms greased. But what about that person of influence who wants to reach you, who doesn't want to pay the gatekeeper? Because the gatekeeper is now a barrier between the people who can provide the needs, resources for the community, from the community. Or maybe the people need access to that person but they typically use that gatekeeper. But because that gatekeeper is used to getting those, those palms greased, he doesn't work as quick for you or I. Then it becomes a problem. Or well, what happens when the gatekeeper becomes manipulative? In other words, maybe there is that person that brings about whatever it is, that resource that your community needs. But that gatekeeper's price is too high. Maybe he or she wants a favor from that person with the resources that's beyond the ability or the desire of that person to provide. Almost a blackmail type of situation. Well, what happens when the gatekeepers become so enamored by money that the original purpose of connecting those who have with the have-not and the have-nots with those who have, whatever the have and have-not is. And the community begins to suffer. What happens if someone genuinely wants to come into a community to help it, but the gatekeepers see that if the community is helped, then their services may no longer be needed. And if their services, this is the gatekeeper, if the gatekeeper's services are no longer needed because the, the community either gains access to the resources that they need or because whatever problem, concern they may have gets resolved by that person, then there's no need for the gatekeeper, which means the gatekeeper has just lost a stream of income. 
the gatekeeper has just lost a stream of income. Do you know who your gatekeepers are? Do you know if they get paid and how they get paid, what they get paid? And do you know how that impacts your community? 347-826-9600. I would love to hear what you all think about the gatekeeper concept because it is real. It is there. You may not always see it. Maybe you don't engage with it, but someone is. And sometimes gatekeepers can get a sense of grandiose in that because they're so used to people coming to them and being referred by other people, you know, their head gets big. They get a sense of importance that maybe is an undue sense of importance. And they become more controlling. So in the historic west side of Las Vegas, there are many gatekeepers, some positive, some not so much. I'm not going to say how much they help or hurt because that's really up to the people who live in that community. But what I will say is this, through my experience, the community is not further ahead partially because of the gatekeepers, some of them. Community is not further ahead partially because of some of the gatekeepers. And I will go even further. Is if these gatekeepers are not influenced to provide a better service to the community and those who have the ability to provide the needs of that community, the community will continue to be choked off. It is as if the gatekeepers, some of them, have a stranglehold on the community. Now, I was in a, a leadership meeting not too long ago, and these are with people who are serious about helping the community. And one of the folks there brought up a good point. They say, said, look, every community has gatekeepers. Our community is no different, which is true. He said, so you find out what the gatekeeper wants, and then you give them what they want. Oftentimes, it's a small price. Maybe they just want to be publicly recognized as a person of influence or import. So if you're having a chicken dinner or a banquet or something, you make sure that they sit at the head table. You make sure that when you're giving shouts out that you recognize him or her. Okay, I could do that. You could do that probably, right? But what happens when what the gatekeepers are asking for is beyond your ability to supply? And because it's beyond your ability to supply, it doesn't meet the gatekeeper's price. Therefore, the gatekeeper does not help you, help you as the community. Or maybe the gatekeeper does not help gain access of you to those who have resources that can help you. Then it becomes a problem. I can tell you a bigger problem. It sometimes don't get the respect that they deserve. After all, they control this peace. Just take it to the streets. Because it is sometimes like extortion, right? Well, you didn't come to them in the right way. You didn't pay the proper homage to them. You didn't give them the right money, uh, whatever the case. Maybe they thought they should have got bottle service at your event, whatever the reason. Sometimes gatekeepers can turn on those who 
provide those services because they didn't get what they believe is their due. Then that becomes a detriment to the community because the community still has that need. The resources that the community needs, though, that someone is willing to provide, they never see it because the gatekeeper becomes a block to them. Now, what I'm talking about is real. Have I seen it in Las Vegas? Yes. Have I seen it other places? Yes. So Las Vegas is no different. But Las Vegas does have a great need. And in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., he talked about the fierce urgency of now. And in Las Vegas, I'm here to tell you that we have a fierce urgency of now. In other words, our need is so great that we don't have the luxury to have gatekeepers who are not willing to provide access with the needs of the community to the community. Now, some of these people have been around a long time. Many of them have done many or some great things in their earlier lives. Some may still be doing it today. But nevertheless, they are still the gatekeeper who controls that access. Do you know who your gatekeepers are? Do you know who they have allowed in and who they haven't? And what is the impact on you and or your community? Is your community thriving or is your community starving? 347-826-9600. You're listening to Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes to you every Saturday. We try to get on about 1230. And today our topic is gatekeepers. Do you know who the gatekeepers are? And I gave a definition of gatekeepers. Uh, An attendant at a gate who is employed to control who goes through it, a person or thing that controls access to something. And I ask the question, who are the gatekeepers in your community and what role do they play in the advancement, stagnation, or even regression of your community? Now, we could change the word regression and put in suppression. In the African-American community, they often talk about the oppression and the oppressors as if it is someone external to them. And no doubt there are oppressors external to them and oppression that's taking place. And that does create a artificially lowered ceiling. There's no doubt about that. But then, too, there are people within the community, oftentimes they are gatekeepers, who prevent you or that community from at least reaching the artificial ceiling. Because what, the reason why this is important is maybe there is an artificially lowered ceiling, but if you were striving and at least you reached it, you could start putting force towards raising it or shattering it. Famously, remember Hillary Clinton talked about the the glass ceiling, and you could hear the pieces shattering with her presidential bid. Not that I'm a fan of Hillary Clinton, but what she was saying really is apropos to this conversation, because we know that there are some limitations to women progressing in the community, in, in the country. 
in the workforce. Now, there have been large strides made, but there's still artificial ceilings there. There's an artificial glass ceiling. Well, for the African-American community, we have an artificial ceiling as well. But the idea is to strive and reach that ceiling and then push through it, shatter it. Are your gatekeepers preventing you from even reaching the artificial ceiling? In other words, are you taking one step forward and two steps back, but don't understand how you got back when you took the two steps forward? And then you may hear the gatekeeper say, it's outsiders who are doing this. But is it outsiders or is it the gatekeepers? Because after all, they control access, right? They're the ones with the key to the lock. I'm submitting to you that whatever community you're in, knowing who the outsiders are is as important and in some cases more important than knowing who your politicians are. Because they may control access to you of the politicians that are trying to learn what your needs are. When it's voting time, Are they the ones that are steering those who are seeking your vote to you? And in doing so, if that person didn't pay homage to that gatekeeper, do they now turn you against that person? That's a gatekeeper. See, the power of the gatekeeper can be good, but it can also be bad. I encourage you to know, first of all, that every community has gatekeepers or a gatekeeper, that gatekeepers can be positive, but they also can be negative. They can be good. They can be bad. If you have a community that seems to be in stagnation or even starving, I'm going to suggest that your gatekeepers, whoever they may be, may not be the gatekeepers that you need in order for your community or you to benefit. And at some point, the good people of the community has to address the issue of the gatekeepers who are not there for your advantage. Because that is true. There are gatekeepers who are not there for your benefit. They are only there for their own benefit. They are only there to line their pockets. They are not there to help get jobs for your community. As an example, there may be someone in your community that is talking about jobs. And because you hear someone talking about jobs and maybe you think or you haven't heard other people talking about it, you say, wow, someone is trying to do something for me. And maybe they are. But if those jobs never materialized, then were they actually doing something for you? Or maybe were they playing the middle? In other words, they had their hand out on both ends. Know who your gatekeepers are and know whether they're benefiting you or not. And if they're not, then maybe you should look at getting new gatekeepers. 
If they are not, maybe they need to be exposed for the frauds that they are, if that is the case. And if you have gatekeepers who actually are benefiting your community, then just maybe they also need to be illuminated so that other people know who the people are that has their best interests at stake. Know your gatekeepers. Expose or illuminate, depending on the value and benefit of these gatekeepers, expose and or illuminate them. Now, I have to be in another city in too short of a time. But I did want to get this show out to you today because I thought it was important. From my experiences in my city, I've seen the gatekeepers. I've seen some good ones, and I've seen some not so good. I've seen some that advance the causes of the community, and I've seen some that only advance the cause of their the thickness of their wallet. Usually the ones who advance the cause of the thickness of their wallet, you and your best interest is not their primary goal. Their primary goal is to increase the size of their wallet. If a person is getting paid for being a gatekeeper and your community is benefiting, then that's okay. But that's up to you to determine. Because maybe it takes an inordinate amount of their time to connect people. As an example, again, using myself, I may start getting phone calls at 6 o'clock in the morning for someone who needs help with a job, need a lawyer, a child is having problems in school. Uh, it could be a myriad of things. And what happened was maybe I helped one or two people out. and Even in the process, it helped me learn more about this particular process or the system. And because I was able to provide that information and it benefited which these individuals, when they were in a situation that someone else came to them and asked, then they thought of me because I was able to help them. Now, I don't consider myself a gatekeeper, but I do understand the process because that's often how gatekeepers are created. They just happen to know this person that can help that person, and when that person hears about somebody else with a need or hear that somebody helped them, they go to them to find out. You know, it just spreads, right? Oftentimes, I got a call from a young lady from L.A. who got a call from someone else who called me because that was a referral. She wanted, to, she wanted information. Information is valuable but I was able to provide it and at no charge. Know who your gatekeepers are and know if they are there benefiting you. If they are not benefiting you, they must be exposed. If they are benefiting you, they should be illuminated and gain access to what they have to offer. Now, oftentimes gatekeepers, they're just there because through happenstance. They may have full-time jobs. They may have family. And sometimes you may have a need, and they're not there for your need, but they're not getting paid. It's not their job. That's why full-time gatekeepers who are getting paid, I don't condemn them. 
as long as they are there helping the people. I happen to be retired, so I have quite a bit of time on my hands when I'm not at this meeting or that meeting. But if I was not retired and had this time available, I would not be able to afford the time to pass that information on. So you see where I'm going with it? Community, and specifically the Las Vegas community, to know who the gatekeepers are, formal and informal, and know if they are benefiting your community. Well, that pretty much sums up our show today. Uh, We didn't get any callers, at least not any that called in to comment or ask the question. But I thank you all for who are listening, and I see you out there. Thank you very much for listening to the show today. Uh, Please go to the Our Own Voices Live Facebook page and leave us a comment about today's show. Did it inform you of anything, enlighten you? Uh, did, Did you Maybe you found it entertaining, or maybe not. Maybe it had no value to you at all, and it was time not well spent. Let me know that, too, because maybe there's something I can do because I don't want you to waste your time, nor do I want to waste my time. My name is Rodney Smith. You've been listening to an episode of Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes to you every Saturday. Please go to the Our Own Voices Live Facebook page, and that way when we do these events, you'll be notified that, hey, they're going to be on the air. And sometimes we may do special shows during the week, and I I feel a special show coming up. So stay involved with us and hold us up, and maybe we can hold you all up. We hold each up to hold each other up. That way no one is down. My name is Rodney Smith. On behalf of my co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas, you've been listening to Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live topic today was gatekeepers. Please go to Our Own Voices Live on Facebook to leave us comments about the show, and let's keep the conversation going. Until next week, or maybe a special show this week, I bid you adieu. Be safe and share words of encouragement with someone today. Find a young person, maybe even a newborn baby, and look at them so that it can help remind you of why you are here. 